0: morning here on the back row with Madden Mo. Except Mo's not here. Uh, If you've been with us the first two days this week, you'll know Mo is on vacation. She's visiting her family all the way across the country. Hopefully she's listening. Who knows? Maybe she's not. I could say anything. I could say anything. Anyway, uh, (laughs) since since it's just coming off the holiday week, I didn't get anybody secured to be in the studio with me uh, for these shows. So I am doing something a little bit different. We're taking a trip back in time to the back row Baptist podcast, which is what Mo and I did before the morning show. It's basically what transitioned into this morning show that we have four days a week here on Backrow radio. So we had about three years worth of episodes. We had 125 podcasts uh, covering a wide range of church topics and we want to share some of those with you. I mean, there's 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 quite a lot of good content, and we don't just want to lose that to history. History, got the hiccups. Sorry, Hiccup-st-ry. Uh <laughs> uh we've, we've gained a lot of new fans since starting the morning show, and we know that a lot of you have uh, never heard this stuff before. So, you know, we're pulling some of our favorite stuff out and sharing that with you. So we're going to have three different topics we're going to share with you today. In this first hour, we're going to be talking about begging for volunteers at church, what that feels like, and maybe how we can combat that. Huh? Huh? On this show, we had Megan Oaks and myself, as well as our pastor, uh, Kevin Wellborn. Enjoy. Enjoy. One of my first jokes at Macro Baptist on Twitter was about how if you want to be left alone in church, just carry around a clipboard because people will assume you're looking for volunteers and avoid you like the plague. So now we all have head up uh, ministries in the church at one point or another uh, where we needed volunteers. Have you ever had a difficult time getting enough? Yes. <laughs> Explain. Oh. Um...
1: Kevin has a difficult time getting enough volunteers because he wins at everything. That's true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's keep it. Let's keep it. Uh, keep our feelings. This is personal. Deep down them. there. <laughs>
2: now, yeah, of course, yeah, you have a hard time. Um, and I know the, the previous podcast was about VBS and the, the thing that I'm really pleased with. The last two years, we've had plenty of volunteers for VBS. That's good at Highland. So that that was. Probably not the norm, but uh, I was very pleased with that and happy and appreciative of everybody that gave their time. But uh, of course, yeah, I've had a hard time getting volunteers.
0: Yeah, and I know that wasn't always the case uh, here um, at our home church, because I remember being in youth group uh, a couple of years, they were desperate for volunteers and that I didn't really want to volunteer for VBS. Of but. They pretty much begged the entire youth group to be involved somehow. Um, So, yeah, it it has been very encouraging that we've had such an influx this year. But I also know, like, at Celebrate Recovery, Mm -hmm. uh, ever since the program began, we've had fluctuations of struggling to find enough people to help out because Celebrate Recovery is... Requires quite a few hands and to it, run smoothly, especially the bigger it gets.
2: And it's a longer term commitment. To it the is, PBS, yeah. VBS I
0: mean, is four nights here and you're done. And this is a one night a week, every week, all year kind and of program.
2: Not always fun, probably.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. true. What about you, Megan? What
1: Besides VBS, yeah.
0: have you led anything else?
1: <laughs> um, led anything else? N- or no. Or
0: seen struggles?
1: But. Um, yeah, just like you were saying with CR, it. I've approached, you know, a couple of friends and said, you should, you should help lead small group. You should, you know, you've gone through the step study. You should do this. And, oh, but I do this already. I am in this ministry and this and <laughs> yada, yada, yada. And I can understand that struggle. But at the same time, a church runs on volunteers and a church runs on people being willing to commit and... Um, be a little uncomfortable sometimes, so <laughs> Jesus would want you to <laughs> <laughs> Guilt's so oh, a great
0: motivator. So I'm a great Why do you think it's so difficult to inspire people to volunteer, even for little things?
2: Yeah, um, you know, I think the easy answer today is that everybody's so, uh, busy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to say, like, for VBS, even one week, you might get, of course, again, we've had a great experience the last couple of years, but, um to say four nights or one night a week for a year to commit to doing something I think a lot of times too people feel unqualified Mm -hmm. Uh, like there's not enough training and uh, you know I don't know we could probably do a better job as a whole as churches of training people to to, to be volunteer for whatever it may be but uh, sometimes you just gotta get in there and do it Mm -hmm. I mean nobody ever taught me set me down and said hey here's how you teach Sunday school when I was 19 I was teaching Sunday school Okay, not saying I'm better than, than everybody else <laughs> because literally, I as an adult, I have never been a volunteer at church, I've always been on staff, mm. so I really don't come from a volunteer's perspective. You know, I come from a, a staff member's perspective, but you know, people are busy, and I, you know, we've kidded around already some about guilt being a great motivator. And of course, that's not really why or how you want to motivate somebody, but uh, you know, I think about it like this yeah, we're busy. Yeah, we invest so so much time in different things, especially of kids. They're a, a, of the age where they're playing ball or in extracurriculars. And um, you know, I've seen article after article written about well, we don't hesitate to jump in and volunteer to coach or to drive the band some band kids to an event or, or something like that. Well, why is it why is it so hard hmm. at church? Hmm. And I don't know. I, I maybe it's a very deep issue with where our treasure is you know as the Lord talked about I don't know I, I really it's a hard one and I, I am super appreciative of volunteers and I am guilty of asking the same people to do several things but I think these volunteers should take it as a compliment because it means I trust you <laughs> And I know that if you can, you will do this. Right. <laughs> yeah. So so if you've been asked, Highland people or South Jefferson people back in Mount Pleasant, it's because you did it once and you were fantastic. Please do it again.
1: I just felt like I got a pat on my back just then. It would
0: have been really awkward if Megan wasn't asked to leave VBS this year. Well, it would we haven't. Have so I was going <laughs> to wait until after the podcast. He,
1: he didn't ask me, I just kind of assumed.
0: Oh. Well. He,
1: yeah um. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, oftentimes there are people in the congregation that would be willing to volunteer, but maybe they just don't know that a position is open, or you know, they also aren't necessarily looking for a place to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a few years ago, a lady was supposed to head up our VBS um, and then came to us a couple weeks later saying that she didn't get any volunteers, and so we wound up not having a VBS that year. And I had honestly heard her give absolutely no announcements, no advertising the need, nothing. Nobody even knew she was looking for volunteers for BBS. So I'm assuming the only thing that she relied on was simple word of mouth, which didn't travel far enough. So what are some creative ways that we can get people's attention? Or what worked to help you volunteer for certain things?
1: Well, I I really don't like the word guilt. Because (laughs) I... And I understand that I go about it in a maybe disappointed mom, guilting kind of manner. (laughs) But I mean, truthfully, it's the truth. We are not meant to just, I guess, eat and fill up on the word, but we're also meant to exercise and, and do stuff. We're meant to volunteer. That's what Jesus wants us to do. I'm not kidding, and I'm not just well, guilting you into feeling yeah, that way. Well, but volunteer, people. Well, and also,
2: though, sometimes when you say something like that to somebody and say, hey, this should be done out of the overflow of your heart, well, then they feel guilty. It's not necessarily that we're actually trying to guilt them.
1: Well, we that's just, a heart issue on their part.
2: Well, I, I, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but it's not like if I could, of course— Matt and Megan are, are are exceptions. They do a lot at, at the church. But if I said, I don't do that um, much. of course, Matt <laughs> Matt isn't technically a volunteer. I don't guess, but uh, in some ways he is. But anyway, <laughs> um, if we say that, you know, why should I do this? I was like, well, where's where's this overflow? If you have the joy of the Lord and you have the peace that passes all understanding, mm-hmm. uh, you fooled me because I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, that's not necessarily my motivation. Now, if I say it like that, yeah, that's kind of tacky. But <laughs> but it's not that I'm trying to guilt you. But if you feel guilty, you know, if you throw a rock in a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one that got hit. Mm. Think about that Southern idiom for a minute there. I don't um, get it. It's like if I'm preaching a message and I step on somebody's toes... Okay. I'm not necessarily thinking about the one hey, that's offended by it. Yeah, the I, one one, yeah. The I'm not thinking about hey, I'm going <laughs> to preach this sermon because Matt needs to hear this. Okay, I don't ever do that. But if it offends Matt,
0: that's only happened a couple times. Okay,
2: life. that's pretty good.
3: Uh.
0: But that sermon you... was preached directly to me and no one else. Okay, Matt, <laughs> I got a lot of things to say to you this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Megan touched on it a little bit. Give us your thoughts on why it's so important that a believer volunteer in the ministry. What does it do for the person? And okay. It?
2: I think it can become infectious in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you win a couple little victories there. And uh, my dad always told me growing up, my dad and cousins and most of the men in my family like to play golf. I don't really like to play golf that much. I mean, it's fun, but I'm not that good at it. But if you play around the golf, if you hit one or two good shots around, that's what keeps you coming back. Mm. You may hit a hundred terrible shots, but if you hit one or two good ones, it'll keep you coming back. So I think if you just try and you see the impact that you make, because as a as a vocational minister, and I'm sure as volunteers uh, and Megan can speak to this, you know sometimes you question, well what what even what am I doing? I mean, am I making any kind of impact at all? Mm. But sometimes it's, it's the little things uh, that keep you going. Um, I've already forgotten the question. What was the question? <laughs> Why is it so important
0: that a believer... Okay. Be <laughs> well, and,
2: and then the other analogy that, that, that pastors have always given is that of the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee is teeming with life, and it's vibrant and all mm-hmm. that types of stuff. The reason is because it has an outflow. Mm. The Dead Sea is dead because it, it hoards things and keeps it all to itself, and there's literally no life there. Mm-hmm. You know, and as a believer, that, that is a good... Picture. I don't know if that's what the Lord had in mind when He created the world, but I think it's a good analogy uh, for sure. it's if if your faith without works is dead, dead. dead. <laughs> okay. And if you're not if you're not doing anything, then your 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 faith is dead. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't say it any clearer than that.
1: I really like that analogy. And there's um, an author, a Christian author, who talks about being. An obese Christian, because you're constantly being fed and, fed and fed and fed and fed, and then not using those things that those tools that you're being fed, mm. and so you're just again hoarding it, holding on to it, packing it on. Um, and Kevin said earlier, I think that sometimes people are afraid to serve because they're afraid of failure. Almost they they don't necessarily know whether or not they can succeed in that ministry. Um, and ministry is hard work because you don't always see the effect. Mm. we have to uh rely on i guess one day when when we stand before God seeing that effect you know and that's when our our reward will be but um when Kevin came up to me last year and said, You're doing b b s and I looked at him and I was like. Only, oh no, I'm
0: not.
1: <laughs> I've only been to one VBS in my entire life. I've never volunteered in a VBS before, and I've certainly never directed VBS, and I had two weeks to put it on. Um, but that in those two weeks and in that those four nights of VBS, I learned so much about myself and about what I'm capable of when I allow God to use me and lead me. Um, and that's something that I I would have never volunteered for VBS had I not been told you're doing VBS. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and I love it now. Truthfully, I really do. I hope Kevin doesn't tell me after the podcast that I'm
0: not doing it next year. I needed to see you. <laughs> All right, let's flip this around. I don't remember the exact quote, but one of the big guilting people into volunteering phrases that circles around is ten percent of the people do ninety percent of the work mm-hmm. in church. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if those are the numbers that are accurate, but it's certainly true that there are usually a handful of people, like Kevin said, who seem to do everything, uh, and sometimes people burn out because of that. Mm -hmm. So how much is too much? When should we slow down? And is it ever okay to say, no, I just can't do that right now?
2: Yeah, it's okay to say no, um, for sure. And I think the line that we cross is when it's too much is if your family suffers for it. Mm. Um, and, and that goes for, for vocational ministers as well as volunteers. And, uh, you know, too many pastors have sacrificed their families on the altar of ministry. And to me, and I'll, I'll say this to, from the pulpit tomorrow if I needed to, but my family is more important to me than this church is. And I mean this church isn't important. <laughs> I believe God called me here. <laughs> but my family is more important. Mm-hmm. And... That can also be turned around as an excuse. Well, my family has dot, dot, dot. Okay? But if your family is actually suffering from it, yeah, you need to pull back a little bit. And then also, sometimes it's okay for churches to say, hey, this ministry, this thing had its season. If we're struggling to find people to, to man this and people that are passionate about it and the only people are doing it or begrudgingly doing it, then maybe it's time to to pull back on it and or pause on it. You know? So it is time for me too much. And when I approach those people that do a lot of uh, the things at church, I do come up and I'll say, hey, I know you're busy, but pray about this. Or can you do this and, and all that. So there, there's certainly a time where you can get too busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's something that I really had to learn because I'm one of those people that kind of likes to have my hand in... Everything not, I just enjoy doing, and I'm a stay at home mom, and so I have a little bit more free time where I can come up here and spend my days preparing or whatever um, at the church. But it was someone approaching me and saying, Hey, I need you to kind of think about leading up this ministry that led to that terrible argument between Chris and I that Sunday afternoon. And so it definitely can have its effects where, Mm -hmm. um, I was sacrificing my family. I was taking for granted my husband and not putting him first and not taking into account his needs and what he Mm -hmm. needed from me. And just assuming that I could do everything within the church, everything that was offered up to me, I was going to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know when, um, when CR, uh, restarted here and, and Sippy and I took the the kind of leadership roles for several years um I had been heavily involved with it and then we went to the CR summit two summers ago and I came back from that summit realizing I'm gonna have to take the next year off of CR yeah. uh Eli uh my little boy had been born a few months earlier and and uh, he was getting to getting big and I'm a stay-at-home dad and first kid and didn't know how to handle him all that well the back row was taken off and I needed to spend a lot of time focusing on growing that and seeing where God wanted to take that and uh, of course my part-time job here at the church and with all that I just realized that I was already getting emotionally drained and CR, as we, as we've already said, is, is a big commitment, not just in time and, mm-hmm. and, you know, being here every week, but it's an emotional commitment, right. uh, especially the more involved you get with the actual people that attend. And, uh, so I had to make that decision and I think it was the right one. Uh, it, it allowed me to, to launch the back row of the way, uh, I felt it needed to be and and allowed me to really focus on learning to be a dad. And uh, by the end of last year, as we were getting closer to December, I knew I was coming back to CR in January, but I remember chomping at the bit. And I would come every couple of of weeks and do something. uh, And just feeling that that energy of of volunteering again at CR was really getting me excited. So I was very happy to come back. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it, it is important to take a step back every now and then if you're starting to get overwhelmed, especially if it's starting to hurt your family, like Kevin said, and and Megan elaborated on. Um, But volunteering is good for your soul. It does uh, show that, number one, you're grateful for the blessings God's given you, and number two, that you're willing to share those with others. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just, man, it's it's, it's fuel for your spirit. I mean, it makes you happy. It makes you appreciate, uh, the church more people that volunteer more. And at the end of the day, I guess that's what we're supposed to be doing volunteering one way or another. And that is the end of our first hour. Thank you for joining us so far. Uh, we have got some music coming up for you because today is hip hop hump day, y'all. We got some more hip-hop music, rap music, coming your way from yesterday and today. That's mixed in heavily with our music mix this morning. We got a few other things coming, a few other genres we'll sprinkle in, but we'll be focusing on the rap and uh, maybe even some Christmas rap. Eh? Yeah, yeah. There's actually quite a few very entertaining Christmas rap songs uh, in our queue, so check it out, stick around, don't miss it and uh next hour we're going to be talking we're going to be sharing stories we're going to be going back to an episode where we basically just sat around and told told tales of our time at youth camp when we were younger so uh stick around reminisce yourself it'll be fun Mm -hmm. To hour two of the Back Row Morning Show with Matt and Mo. Mo, of course, on vacation, so it's really just Matt and me. Just me. It's just me in the studio. Uh, but We are taking a flashback tour of the Back Row Baptist Podcast, the show before the show, uh, what we were before we became this morning show on Back Row Radio. We're showing you some of our best discussions, some of our best bits. And uh, this hour, we're going to be diving into what's basically just swapping stories. We're going to be talking about uh, our most memorable moments from youth camp when we were kids, church youth camp. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of you who've been in church your whole lives, have plenty of stories yourselves, uh, we are going to share with you ours, and uh, we hope you find them just as entertaining as we do. Let's uh, dive right into this episode that had me, Kevin Wellborn, John Berkey, and Hillary Peltz, who would eventually become Hilary Berkey, but this was before they were married. So yeah, enjoy. Today, we're talking about youth camp, if you can't tell. Yeah. yeah. Camp. But before we dive into that discussion, we're going to play a game. Oh, we're yeah. going to play True Lies. Arnold Schwarzenegger's here? I mean, <laughs> Jamie,
3: Jamie Lynn Spears? Jamie Lee Curtis? Jamie <laughs> Lee Curtis? <laughs> Jamie <laughs> Lynn Spears? <laughs> really? Yeah. A, get, uh, out. get out. <laughs> get out. Get <laughs> out.
2: John had a conversation about Twilight at camp also. I'm concerned. <laughs> I was
3: not involved in that conversation. He As was two involved. two 14-year-old girls. And my girlfriend. He was involved.
0: I was was eating a cinnamon roll. Each of you is going to write down a piece of information about yourself in regards to church camp. It's either going to be a true fact or a bold lie. I'll read them off, and the other two of you will have 30 seconds to ask questions about the statement. And then guess if it's true or not. If the author tricks one or both of you... He or she gets a point for each person he tricks. However, if you guess correctly, you get the point instead. So for every round, there are two points up for grabs. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Experience if I'm reading Kevin's points. thing. Gotcha. And it's a true story, and y'all both guess that it's false, he gets both your points. Gotcha. Yeah? yeah.
3: Yes.
4: But if he guesses true and I guess false and I'm right, he gets he one. He gets one, and I get one. He gets
0: one, and you get one. He, he doesn't
3: get one. Everybody gets a point.
0: <laughs> you, you get a, get a point. point. You get a point. This
4: is whose line? This word? is really What's hard
0: there? to Just kidding. really really hard to explain this one in our podcast. at the end of three rounds, whoever has the most point wins. If there's a draw, we have a tiebreaker with a fact about me. Understand the rules? Yes. yes, I got it. All right. Kevin Wellborn is here. Yep. And he is the five time five times. Five time, five time, five time. Five time. Back uh, rophy champion.
2: I think that's a pro wrestling thing. John told me about it the other day. I had no
3: idea.
0: <laughs> oh, and, and the, the trophy. trophy. The, yeah, and the trophy Everybody is up cares for grabs. About
3: Everybody
0: cares about So, will Kevin become a six time champion? I hope not.
2: Unprecedented. <laughs>
0: or will every. Time. You've been I, the yeah. only champion so far. Winning since the podcast. The only champion so far. Since <laughs> the podcast started. Winning the podcast,
3: the back rophy. <laughs> Is unprecedented. It's yeah. also on my bucket list.
4: Just throwing that out. Like, there. if
3: I won it from it, you, it'd be an unprecedented win.
0: <laughs> I have never been defeated. Nope, you have not. Yeah. In anything. Ever. <laughs> no. So, a, this is so, for the gold. Yeah, okay. Let's go. Okay. It's taking forever, you guys. Sorry.
4: So we like to talk. you. <laughs> We're just so
0: cool. <laughs> All right, we'll start with Kevin's. <clears throat> I'm going to read Kevin's statement. Then you'll have 30 seconds. John and Hillary will have 30 seconds to interrogate him.
4: I can ask him anything I want.
0: About the facts. Oh. <laughs> anything that is pertinent. All right. Kevin wrote, I once put a kid on an Amtrak train back home for violating camp rules. 700 miles one way by himself on his parents' dime. Go.
3: What did the kid do? Uh,
0: PDA.
4: Uh,
2: Some
0: purple. So
2: purple
4: Like how deep was the purple?
2: Oh. It was fairly minor purple, but uh it was maybe lavender. <laughs> where but did I, you I'm where did you go like, to camp? Where was, it was camp like at Glorieta?
4: It was at Glorieta and yeah. you were where?
2: In Oklahoma, Dorm. Is that what you're no. asking?
4: No. What city were you sending him to?
2: Oh, Mount Pleasant, Texas.
4: Okay. How far away is that?
2: About seven hundred
3: miles. What was the kid's name? His name was Travis. Travis what?
0: No. No way really. not <laughs> do not care. I didn't want to get in some dude's name. <laughs> oh, way over. There we go. Stop.
2: Hey, it's cool on that name. Okay, cool. Because he knows it happened. Okay. <laughs> he knows This is he just did. further punishment. <laughs> he knows what he did.
0: Uh, All right. Shame to the backroom podcast.
3: Shame, 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 Travis. Shame. Oh. He is doing scared fingers to the microphone right now. Sorry, How else are we going to shame
0: him? Okay, okay, okay. okay. John, <laughs> is that a true or a false story?
3: Um, I'm going to go that's a false story.
0: Hillary, true or false?
4: I'm going to say that was false. I don't think it was true. I'm going to say that's false. a false
3: story false because story. I don't think he'd send him on a 700-mile Amtrak. First of all, I don't know if there's an Amtrak that goes from Glorietta to, uh, to Mount Pleasant. The Santa Fe is like 18 miles away.
4: Yeah, but they don't have an Amtrak.
3: They did back then. I'm sure they did. Kevin, is it true or false? That is actually false. Yes! <laughs> we did it!
2: But Travis Nolan is actually a kid who is <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic teenager. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Travis. Un- unshamed, Travis. I'm <laughs> sorry. Unshamed. I, unshamed. I, uh, it I feels was the ashamed. Honestly, I was real close to doing that with one kid, but it wasn't Travis. Travis was awesome. I'm glad,
0: okay. I'm, glad I'm not playing because I believed you. I'm, I I'll, it text. Was 100% true. I'll text I'll Travis after this. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Oh gosh! All right. <laughs> At the end of round one, John and Hillary both have one point. Oh
2: man, that's bad news for me.
0: All right, let's read.
3: Great news for us. <laughs> bad news for Megan. <laughs> let's read Hillary's. Even different right. news for Megan. She's different. <laughs> yeah. All
0: right, round two. Hillary wrote. At church camp, I tried to swing into a mud pit and fell on my back and knocked the wind out of myself. Go. What camp? In low. Okay. Where we,
3: where, what year?
4: I was in like ninth grade.
3: You don't know what year you were in ninth grade? No.
4: <laughs>
2: did you injure
3: yourself?
4: I knocked the wind out of myself, yes.
3: Okay, but did you miss
2: any services at camp that week? No. Who witness this event?
4: Everybody except the camcorder guy.
2: Okay, what church were you were you with at the time?
4: Sandia Baptist. Okay, who was your youth pastor? Andy Donaldson.
3: Uh-huh. Met the guy. Saint um, Sainting. Boom! Book. That's it. Oh man! All right, that's
2: a good one.
0: Kevin, true or God, false? Man,
2: I don't know. I'm gonna say true on that.
3: John. Um, uh, I'd say true. They say
2: they
0: both true, say true. Hillary.
4: 100% true.
0: true. Oh,
3: man.
2: man oh, nice. this, is tight. this is going to be a tough game here.
0: All right. At the end of two rounds, Kevin has one, John has two, and Hillary has one.
4: Can I just say that I fell on my back not 20 seconds after the guy with the camcorder shut it off,
3: oh, and I, I was so mad. In front of the cam- you cam- wanted that yes! down? Oh,
4: yes. If bad. I'm going to hurt myself, you're gonna, you're gonna hurt it yourself. would be funny <laughs> if it was on you. camera.
2: Maybe it's a generational thing, but yeah. I disagree. <laughs> I want everybody to think that I've never messed up in my that's life. Because, that's because everybody in your
3: generation put every embarrassing thing on AFV and it had to be read off by Bob Saget.
0: Oh, that is that is worse. That's Burn, worse. person who's five years older. True than story. Me. <laughs> we had camcorders
2: at camp with some of the adults, and we would watch unedited video of camp on the way home on the
0: charter bus. <laughs> it was excruciating. All right, round three, everybody. The 90s. Right. This is John's. Hashtag the 90s. John wrote. I danced on stage with Jump Five. Go. No, you didn't. Who's Jump Five?
3: <laughs> Jump Five is a uh, Christian pop band. There's five of them. It was an Asian girl, a blonde woman. Okay. Okay, we get it. <laughs> right. Two, three dudes. <laughs> what, what camp? What camp? Uh, it was a uh, Bible boot camp down in Blanco, Canyon, by Florida. Okay. 2001. Plan- Panhandle, Texas. This is uh, a church camp? This is a church camp. How old were you? It may have said it. I uh, 2001,
2: it was. I was, nine, I was 10. Okay. Did they ask you to join up after you danced with them? Um, they not. did,
3: but no, they didn't ask me to join up. Oh, man. It their
2: mistake.
4: This is completely false because he told me not two days ago that he has never been to a church camp before this last week. That's
3: not true. Uh, yes. Okay, so you're yes. going false? I'm
2: going false. Then just for the game's sake, I'm going to say that is 100% accurate and
3: true. John. I wish it were true. No. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, 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 no. I had. I had this entire like. I had this entire thing like. <laughs> I was sitting here researching. Okay, I need jump five songs because I don't remember any of them. Oh, you know. I need them. to know who, how many women were in the band, how many men were in the band.
2: I studied oh, I forgot, for that lie. <laughs> I forgot that he would get a point
3: if I missed it. Yeah. So
2: if I had just gone to what Hillary said, it would have been
0: a two. That's the game. Our winner and new That <laughs> <off> of <laughs> champion. John, Edward, Merky, the third, the Jim. Third. I knew we needed that ego boost.
4: <laughs> I'm so proud I, of you. I took a you think I
3: needed that ego boost because took you, were, you were Brian Rigdon's second Facebook friend? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh!
0: All is I know big. is Megan is going to be so mad. <laughs> She's going to be so mad. <laughs> I'm going to send
4: Can we just not tell her until this podcast comes out so she has to? <laughs> to like to I want to do it. Can we make her
3: think? That Kevin I would. didn't win. We'll figure it out. All
0: right, John, give your victory speech.
3: Um, uh, I would like to thank Matt Coker of the back row. Um, without him asking these ridiculous questions in games, i will never have the opportunity to uh, lie to my pastor
0: so well, so very very <laughs> <I> well. <was convinced. laughs> now that we're halfway through July. Most churches have already sent their youth groups off to church camp and all of my guests today recently returned with our church's youth group as well. Where did y'all go to camp this year and how was it?
3: Inlo Baptist Camp. It was the Lives of Blaze camp down in uh Inlo. Inlo <laughs> Camp. It, down by Tahique um, Estancia.
0: for people estancia. not in New Mexico, where is that? So southeast of
3: Albuquerque. It's in the middle of the Doghead Fire. What would it be Which is my next album. Covered. John oh. Berkey facing the dog head.
0: Alright. <laughs> How was camp though? Was it good?
3: It was great. It Man, was. It was a good
0: game. Oh Fantastic. yeah. Awesome awesome. Evened out
4: some tan lines. Got some sunburn.
3: Got some sunburn? <laughs> I didn't fall. Nobody got hurt. Well Nobody group no, no, hurt. 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 No, got hurt. <laughs> hurt. <laughs> <laughs> there were actually a lot of injuries. <laughs> <Yeah>. There <laughs> were <laughs> A lot of little kids. How about spiritually?
0: Yeah. How, how, how was camp? Uh, oh, there was some oh. spiritual pain going on there
3: too. Uh, not spiritually. Uh, it was a really good camp. It was. Um, I mean, it was. It's it was a lot smaller camp than I think a lot of people uh, are used to. Or, like I'm used to going um, to like bigger camps in Texas when I grew up, and so it's like you know, there's like six seven hundred kids oh geez and so this was this is a lot smaller but I think that made it a lot better um, of an experience because people kind of got a little bit more together um, connection spiritual wise and, and that sort of stuff so I thought it was really good that was a really good time
0: that's a huge camp I'm used to like two maybe three hundred people this is what this was okay 240
4: I worked uh, a camp with this just this summer uh, 1400 students just geez to-
0: yeah, you've actually been doing a kids' camp as well? Youth camp. It's still a youth camp? Yes, Okay.
4: Youth camp for five summers now.
0: Wow. All right, so we already talked about some of these. Well, I guess most of them were fake uh, <laughs> in the game above. But <laughs> I want to just kind of have fun today, share today some of the funniest and best moments that we remember from youth camp, either as a teenager or as a sponsor. Um, I'm going to kick off with what was going to be my... Tiebreaker, if we had a tie, mm-hmm. in Super Summer two thousand three. Uh, for some reason, at my high school, the big game that was arisen was called Doorknob. And what <laughs> happened? <laughs> don't do Sounds relax. awesome. <laughs> Wait, arisen, is it
4: is it the fart one where? Yeah,
0: well, we use burps. Oh. Okay. If you burped and someone and you didn't um, say safety. Yeah. And someone said doorknob yeah. or any other object. is how we oh, played man. it. You had to touch that object or get beat up or, or get, beat up. Yes. get punched until you do touch that yeah. object. Yeah. And so we were still playing that. We've been playing it for a while. And we were at camp. And we were down. Uh, it had just rained, so it was all muddy. And we were down at like the obstacle course area. And I burped. My friend said uh, Dakota Helfenstein. He said. Uh, What was that? Helphenstein. Was Was he a member of the third? (laughs) 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 Right. (laughs) Helphenstein. No, he said. uh, He said window, and I did that whole "I'm too cool to play this game" kind of thing. Like I'm not gonna
3: do that. And he punched you a whole bunch. No, he didn't touch
0: me at all. He's all, all right. And then I took off and I ran for this truck and I ran across the street and it was just pure mud. I slipped. Yes. My hand was already out so I didn't have anything to stop me oh. and I landed face first like from forehead to nose face first into the backside panel of a truck.
1: Oh my god. That story's
0: false. And I did <laughs> and I did $600 worth of damage to that truck. <laughs> and people tell me That's a
2: 2003 money. <laughs> right? Dang.
0: And people tell me that once I hit I stood up for a few seconds. Kind of wobbled there like uh, a character in Mortal Kombat who's stunned, and then fell to the ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, but all I remember is hitting that thing and then kind of coming out of this black fog, lying on my back. Cool. Uh, Did you
4: break your noggin?
0: I had a very mild concussion <laughs> and a four-hour not that truck a, though. A four-hour nosebleed.
3: Truck was almost total. Wow!
0: <laughs> but after that, I was okay. <laughs> They took me to the hospital to be safe, man. but, uh, yeah, it was fine, but the guy was pretty upset, the guy who owned the truck. Oh, I can imagine. <laughs> Forgive, man, don't get, uh, get better, don't get better. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's my first story. Wow. I got several more, but y'all go ahead.
2: Man, I've been to youth camp, literally, this is like the 22nd year in a row, and I mean, there's been so many, I have a hard time thinking of, like, one fantastic that that, that takes all, I, I've witnessed many injuries, um. You said mud, so it makes me think. I was uh, probably a senior in high school, or maybe in college, as as an intern. We were at camp at uh, Windermere in Missouri, uh, a hilly part there of Missouri, and it had rained, man, big time, and it was mud, and and everything is like I said, it's hilly, so it's up and down hills, and um, I took off running. It it was a thing we were going to race to the cafeteria, and back in the late '90s, I still participated in races. Okay. And so we took off running and I lost my balance going down the hill. And this was like when the first Matrix movie had come out. I my back is parallel to the ground and my left foot is the only thing touching the ground and I slid down the hill the whole way like that. Without ever going down.
4: That is false. And there, no, this is
2: absolutely one hundred percent true. And there were literally kids that were just watching all that with stunned looks <laughs> on their faces that that a person was even capable of doing. that's not funny, but that no, needed 20. to get out there. But that actually, that really happened.
3: That late nineties Kevin was was Neo. I really wish I could have met late nineties yeah. Kevin.
0: He was uh, just a
2: younger version of my current
0: self. Mm-hmm. Except he looked a little goofier. I've seen pictures. Less
2: beard. I had Doc Martin sandals on with socks, probably. Oh <laughs>
3: I don't want to meet late 90s Kevin. Wrong.
2: Early 90s Kevin wore uh, uh,
0: purple denim shorts. Late
3: 90s Kevin was racing in Doc Martin sandals and <laughs> socks. Uh, yeah. I've calmed down a
0: lot. I have another quick one with Dakota Helfenstein. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> That same year, <laughs> that same year, they did a talent show at our uh, camp, and we sang the apologetics version of, of uh, Eminem's "The Real Slim Shady," oh, yeah. called the, <laughs> "The Real Sin Savior." <laughs> and uh, we had the guy announce us by our, our fake rap names, which were his was uh, "Crusher McPerson Crusher," which I believe is from "Fairly Odd Parents." And then mine was fatty McMutter Pants.
4: You can't make that up.
0: Nope, and it went really well. No, no. man.
3: They did. They did a talent show in a camp I was at one time, and um, like you know, it was, it was a bunch of little kids. I mean, we're, like one kid like played piano, like one girl sang, one kid did the prayer from Lilo and Stitch as Stitch as the little. Whatever. Thing. Alien. alien. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's an alien. Like, he and I'm it. just, like, everybody's like, yeah, this is great. And I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> what is it? And he was just like, and he stopped, and everybody just kind of sat there. like, what is happening? <laughs> it was so at he a Trinity the, church. So he mm, made, the voice? Like, yeah, he did the <laughs> voice. Wait, what? Did the click. It was just a bunch of clicks and jibber jabber. Just to clarify for the listeners, what is the prayer that he did in the I course? I don't know. Oh, it was noise. just a bunch of clicks and jibber jabber. Oh, see, I, I haven't seen it.
0: So he's doing it in an alien language.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I just thought he. I got you. Okay. It was. Did it he was, get a round of applause? Uh, I. am not. I don't remember. Um, but I also remember like later that week because it was a. It was done by the the Trinity Baptist her Trinity Church out of uh, Amarillo. So there was a lot of like speaking as well okay and like what is happening (laughs) he was and i I grew up southern baptist in a very (laughs) conservative southern baptist church at that time so like i'm just like they're they're having these praise services and you know like everybody's
0: talking like (laughs) (laughs)
3: and i'm just like what is going on here
2: did anybody interpret?
3: Does what does nobody? No, does, no. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. And I'm just sitting here like, dear
0: God, thank you for safe travels. Like, I don't, <laughs> what do you man? A lot of fun games at camp, except one year uh, they made a, a, a big mistake. Uh, we had a game where a camp uh, a game where the stipulation was the team that lost would get pies in the face, mm. and so a typical pie in the face is usually just a Paper plate with whipped cream on it. Mm-hmm. No. This time they're all like, all right, paper plate, whipped cream, and let's heap half a bottle of chocolate syrup on each one of mm-hmm. these. Oh, yeah.
4: oh, I can beat that.
0: Now that sounds fun. Until you get hit in the face with that, because Hershey syrup blinds you. It burns your retinas clean off. Were you like? Were you like? All all of the losers the- started screaming. Flailing on the ground and running Slating back to the, the dorm. Please tell me
3: they looked like Wayne Knight in Jurassic Park. That's what I'm picturing
0: It was right awful, yes. Yeah. Flopping all around, and it was terrible.
4: Man. No, 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 no.
0: And, of course, that doesn't come off your clothes either. No. All That's right,
4: it. so last year I worked a camp at Glorietta. In New Mexico. And we, as Bible study leaders, were raising money for missions. And we told our kids, the top three Bible study leaders who raised the most money, we get pied in the face. And so we're like, we'll get pied in the face. That's not a problem. For missions, I'm down for it. Well, the top three people did get pied in the face, but it was not whipped cream. It was shaving cream. Oh. Ketchup. Oh. Uh, anchovies. Oh. <laughs> and then to, like... Top it off, it was mayo. Mm. Uh, that's
3: Just that's not even close
2: to a
1: pie. No, <laughs> that's the so worst it was pie like, I've ever. Eaten. We were like,
4: "Yeah, we want to raise the most money. Let's let's let our kids pie us in the face." That what did you put in? No, I'm not. No, no, face. Oh, I have a, a slow mo video of it. It's beautiful. Mm. My friend Christopher just getting pied in the face, and then almost immediately afterwards, throwing up. Unlike like 200 students. It was great. Wow,
0: I feel like throwing up right now. Yeah, that disgusts it me was, so much. It was
4: all for missions, and that week I think we raised seventeen hundred dollars. Just
2: like in the Book of Acts, <laughs>
0: <laughs> who doesn't remember the disciples and their and their ketchup shaving pies. cream ketchup mayo pie? Silver and anchovy. gold have I none, but this ketchup pie. <laughs> I, I gave them <laughs> And that wraps up our second hour of the day. We have got one more hour to go. We hope you'll stick around for that. Uh, We are playing hip-hop and rap music this morning, just a little heavier than we normally do. Uh, For the morning show, we also got some Christmas music sprinkled in because, you know, it's that time of year, folks. That time of year, we're not going to be too heavy with it, not too heavy-handed, at least not yet. But as we get closer, you can expect it to get more and more. But don't worry, it's not going to be that standard stuff that you always hear. We've got tons of rock, rap, hard rock, uh, alternative, uh, all kinds of of, uh, funny and uh, entertaining, different styles, different genres of Christian music. And we've got the stuff that you're used to as well, but, but you know, overall, it's just a small fraction of the amount of Christmas music that we have, and so enjoy that. I don't know why, again, I'm talking about Christmas music so much, I'm just excited about it. I'm glad that it's time. I've been waiting so long, so long, to put this Christmas music on. If, if I had it my way, it would have started uh, as soon as Halloween ended. I mean, it would have been November 1st, Christmas music, here we go. But uh, we put it to a vote, man. We put it to a vote on Twitter, and y'all guys said no. So, all right, you know, I'll be, I'll be good, I'll be good. But now it's my time. It's my time, y'all. I'm gonna quit rambling. Next hour, when we come back, we're gonna be talking about where we draw the line with TV and movies, and another flashback to an episode of our old podcast. So stick around for that. Uh, we'll see you in a bit. hour of the back row morning show with matt and mo sans mo because she's on a trip but uh <laughs> we have been diving back into our back row baptist podcast days pulling out some of our favorite discussions and favorite games and bits and sharing those with you this week and uh each hour we're hitting something different in this hour we are going to be talking about where we draw the line as Christians with uh, TV shows and movies. Uh, it was quite an interesting discussion with a couple different viewpoints on certain things. Uh, so it's not just a flat out, you know, we're here to make you feel guilty kind of thing. Because uh, it's, 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 uh, it's not as easy as you think to, to wade through this discussion and be a normal human being. Uh, so uh, this episode was with Hillary Peltz and John Berkey. Uh, this would be Hillary Berkey now, but she wasn't married to John yet then. So they were s- s- not—I mean, they were dating. But anyway, let's let's just dive in. I'm rambling and getting weird. Here we go. Today we're talking TV shows and movies. But before we dive into that discussion, we're gonna play a game. We're gonna play Christian movies in reverse. Christian, (laughs) hold on. I'm going to explain the plot of a Christian movie. However, I'm going to tell it in reverse.
4: Watch Christian movies, Matthew.
0: You have to guess which movie I'm talking about. Is
4: this multiple choice?
0: No. Just blurt out your answers. No. Left behind. First one who guesses two correctly wins. Soul Harvest. That was never a movie. <laughs> Y'all get it? You understand? Yeah, I understand. Or at least, we're gonna at least in theory. get game. <laughs> All right. As you may know, in the last podcast, John Berkey finally dethroned Kevin Wilborn and is now the back row champion.
3: Back row champion, John Berkey. <laughs> I will be a fair back trophy champion.
0: A fighting champion.
3: Much like King Friday. I will be a fair king.
0: So, this game is for the trophy. Will John secure his spot as a two-time trophy winner? Or will Hillary be our first female back trophy champion ever?
3: Let's hope. Said another president. (laughs) That's three precedents in two weeks.
0: Oh, I like the president. Let's play Christian movies in reverse. Reverse.
3: Are you going to send you in reverse? <laughs> I was, if name. I could have figured it out, I would have done that. <laughs> All
0: right. Here we go. Number one A man spends 40 days getting anger and anger at his wife and less and less angry at a trash can.
4: Left behind. At a trash can?
3: Fireproof.
0: There we go, John Berkey.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Do we have to say the Christian movie in reverse?
0: No. (laughs) All Alright, number two. The Newsboys play a concert and suddenly everybody starts questioning the existence of God.
3: God's not dead. (laughs) I've never seen it, I don't know. I haven't either. But I know that that Matt would <laughs> reference that movie because he is peed next to Kevin
0: Sorbo. Uh, yeah,
4: right. and it was awesome.
0: He, won-
3: he did too, Keys. right? He wins. He wins. <laughs> Proud of you, baby. We Two-time back row V champion. Let's do this
0: last one. Last one, just for fun. A bunch of Christians board a plane while it's still in the air. Right behind. Her, didn't
4: you? I, did.
3: I
0: got a
4: point. I got a point.
0: Should have put that in the middle. Would have been more exciting. You should have. And that's our game. Our winner, two-time back rowdy champion John Berkey. Give your victory speech, John.
3: Wait, that's my boyfriend. I um, I would, I have nobody to thank this week.
0: A few weeks ago, I went to see Central Intelligence, and that's the movie with that with Kevin Hart and and The Rock. In it. Ah,
4: yes, where he was fat and then he got buff. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I enjoyed it. Uh, the Rock plays uh, slightly stupid goofball. Pretty well. Um, but uh, I have to say, they must have said the S word about 100 times.
3: Daisy Yeah.
0: Sk-doodle. And I mean, some of them didn't even make sense. It really felt like they were dared to put so let's see how many the S word in as many you to- places as possible you can't, in the 90 can't, minutes. You
3: can't say that word 60 times in this movie. Watch, <laughs> Watch me double it.
0: Uh, So this got me thinking. This was a PG-13 movie. Uh, And I recently saw an episode of The Simpsons that's about a decade old where Lisa was going to see a PG-13 movie, and she said, I wonder what the one swear word is going to be. Oh. So just like in 10 years' time, a PG-13 movie went from having about one swear word in it to having all the S's, A's, and B's you want, plus an F or two. And it's getting increasingly difficult. As a Christian, to go to the movies and feel comfortable. The second, same... that
4: sounded like my report card.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing is starting to happen to TV shows, especially stuff that streams online without any restrictions, you know, like Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've got Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, House of Cards, Mr. Robot, all these big time shows with huge followings from the past few years have pushed the boundaries with the adultness of their content. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it forces us Christians to either skip them altogether or to compromise our morality a little bit and risk getting more and more desensitized to this kind of stuff. Uh, So what do you two think? Is it a big deal? Is it something that we should worry about? Um,
4: I definitely think it is a big deal, only because it's just going to get worse and worse from here. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the 1950s, you had couples sleeping in separate beds Mm. Um, and now couldn't say the word pregnant and you couldn't yes (laughs) and it was very very um, family safe family friendly and now nowadays it's like well you've got not only couples sleeping in the same bed who aren't married but you also have maybe even couples of the same gender Mm -hmm. sharing a bed and, and things like that so it's just getting in my opinion progressively worse progressively more adult even though five year olds are gonna act like five year olds. Does that make sense? They're gonna when in ten years a five year old that is five in ten years not born yet um, is go- still gonna be exposed to these types of things because their parents watch it.
3: Right. Well, I think we've just changed the uh, the definition of family friendly um, just because there's so much that we're 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 trying to expose people to as much as humanly possible. It's really weird, you know. Back, like you said, back back when uh, even like my parents were growing up even like even when we were growing up um, mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't near this bad um, you know but we've've we've, we've come to the time we've come to a point where it's like oh well censorship is, is is wrong and and people need to be exposed to these sorts of things it's like no I, I really don't think that's that's the option. We did a when we were at camp. One of my groups, I had to meet with group with a group of kids from all these different churches, and we were trying to get to know each other. And we're like, "What's your favorite? What's your favorite TV show or movie?" And one kid goes, "Orange is the New Black." And I'm like, dude, you're 12. You shouldn't be watching. <laughs> you shouldn't be watching stuff like this. Why are you wa- Why are you watch these shows? You're You're exposing yourself to this, these awful things." Um. Okay. Next, what's your favorite movie? Deadpool, what's going on here? <laughs> Why do you kid? Come on.
0: All right, so confession time. Yes. Uh, as a Christian, what do you tend to compromise on and uh, what do you refuse to compromise on when it comes to what you watch? And I'll go ahead and start, just to be fair. Uh, I loved Breaking Bad. Now, people get angry at that show for the wrong reason, a lot. There's a lot of people said, oh, why do you watch that? That glorifies drug use and all this kind of stuff. No, it does not. Every person who uses drugs on that show is disgusting, and most people involved in making it, using it, selling it, or whatever, end up dead by the end. Nobody's life is glamorized by being a part of the drug trade in that show. But, they still had a... A lot of language, a lot of violence, and of course drug use, uh, which was a big deal because it, you know, it's not from Netflix, it wasn't from HBO, it's from a network, a non-premium, not network, I'm sorry, but a non-premium channel, That uh, show's AMC. gone with the wind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Six times a week. So, with this show, I'm still not used to all that being on you know, regular TV, pretty much. Um, but with the show, the language and the violence wasn't constant, you know, they were big things that usually built up to season finales and stuff like that. It happened sporadically. So it didn't really bother me morally as much. Uh, but however, then you have Daredevil, which I've only seen the first season, but it was a nonstop barrage of cussing, but especially violence.
3: Very violent. Like, you know,
0: like, cringeworthy, I gotta fast forward through this part. I
3: have not actually watched the second season.
0: Yeah, uh, I haven't gotten the second season. But I can't
3: imagine it gets any more family friendly
0: with the Punisher
3: (laughs) and Electra coming on.
0: But story wise, that first season was fantastic. Phenomenal. But I don't think I can watch it again. And uh, I don't think I can do season two either. Uh, I had a few more, but what about you guys? Uh,
3: I I, uh, probably compliment... Probably about the same. I think uh, compromising on language and violence is, is kind of my, I guess, dirty little secret, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> I think it's really everybody's, because I think, yeah. I think Christians have kind of come to the point where it's like, well, if we want to watch movies, this, is, all. What, <laughs> this is what we're going to have to deal with. Um, the one thing I will not compromise on at all, and there's a reason behind it, I will not compromise uh, on nudity in a film because when I was in high school I went over to a friend's house it was a it was it was a drumline thing we had just gotten done playing a football game and we went over to her house and we're like we're gonna watch 300 um and it was great up until there were naked people all up doing their and it was it was like really awkward too I don't know if there's like a non-awkward nudity but it was like people in like goat heads and it was you know it was like Greek mythology nakedness <laughs> and um, that would have been one thing but my friend's parents were in the room like oh. at the time and they like they were like yeah all right go ahead naked lady like <laughs> it was just so awkward and weirdness oh. is like nope no longer will i do this i don't want i don't want to see Anything more than a little upper thigh. You, nope.
0: <laughs> that reminds me of a story, just real quick, of a youth group where the youth leader was uh, taking the kid, It was a youth group here from our town. Took their kids to Lubbock on a trip thing. Wanted to take them to a movie. Saw that there was a Jim Carrey movie playing. And they're like, we'll go see that. And it was me, myself, and Irene. Oh! With just nasty. to see the hotel room. Sex jokes, yeah. hotel oh, room man. stuff, all that. Never seen it. Yeah, it was a mistake to watch it. I, yeah, I mean, I watched it for that same reason. I just assumed, yeah, it's a Jim Carrey movie. Pretty much everything that he made up to that point was pretty much family friendly. Well, yeah, he hadn't gotten into his dirty or darker stuff yet. That was like right after Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah. yeah.
4: Um, personally, there's not a whole lot that I'm I'm opposed to a lot. Um, but only because I know my struggles and I know what mm. my triggers are. And so if I think, oh, you know, a friend is recommending this TV show for me, instead of just watching it just to watch it, I will go on IMDb. And it's got this great little feature, because I've got it on my phone, where it says um, it is a parent's guide. Parent's guide. And okay. so what it does is it's got, it rates everything from sex and nudity to violence to, dr- to like, gore, um, language. All of these things... And I know that for me personally, if it rates higher than like a 3 or a 4 on many of those categories, I just won't watch it. Hmm. Only because I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm going, is this compromising what I believe in? Right. At the same time, there are movies that I really want to watch that I'm kind of like, I just don't care what it says. Um, and so, you know, and that's that's kind of all on me, and I know that, and I'm an adult, and I accept that. Yeah. Um, but there are things like Orange is the New Black and a lot of shows on Netflix um, that I just won't watch.
3: Um, Fortunately but, for me, I just don't want to watch Orange is the New
0: Black. I, like, it does not I'm look, just, yeah. It just, well, like, I have a lot of friends, mostly online, and most of them, I guess, aren't Christian. Uh But that are heavily into Game of Thrones. And having, yeah, it's the big deal right now. And, you know, I've been interested in it, but I knew that there was, you know, nudity here and there. But then I did a little more digging as I got more and more tempted to watch it and realized, yeah, it's not just nudity. There's several, like, softcore pornography scenes and... Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd almost
3: even re- suggest they're not that soft core either. Really? <laughs>
0: so, I mean, in
3: passing through, you're like, oh, they, d- no, 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 no,
0: no. So that I'm I mean, that's, that was my girl in the room. Uh, like as you said, watching your triggers, you know, that's yeah. something that I absolutely will not be able to watch, mm-hmm. uh, and that really bugs me with a lot of sh- a lot of movies that, uh, especially if they're R rated or, or even some PG 13 ones now. There are movies that interest me that could be cool, aren't really bad on on everything, but it's got one scene, one moment, or something where someone flashes their breasts or something on the show, and I'm like, well, won't be watching that one. Um, the only reason I got to watch Deadpool is because I had a friend who made a PG-13 cut of it, where he actually went and cut all the most of the the cussing. And whatever sex or nudity was in there, I haven't seen the original. so That I don't know probably how much saves of it, was you
3: it. a lot of time, too, because it cuts the <laughs> movie way down. Had to.
0: That's been the big joke, but it apparently was only about 15 minutes shorter than the full thing. But, we, uh,
4: we went and saw it, um, and I think I can say this without him getting mad at me, but we went to Lubbock. We, we drove and we had a, a day date, and we went out and we saw it, and part of me was like, I don't want the parents of the kids that I take care of on a daily basis to see me going to this movie, mm. um, and I and I know that's kind of that sounds bad, um, but at the same time, I'm an adult and yeah. and I know like I did a little bit of research on it, and I just stopped laughing and I and I knew for the most part what I was getting myself into. You knew what to expect. Now, parents who thought, "Oh, a superhero movie! Right. I'm going to take my 13 year old to see this." Did not do their research, and that's on them for mm-hmm. letting their child see that.
3: Now, I remember why we those... have the rating system. The rating system is not for people who don't have morals. It's for people who. who it's for parents. It's for people yeah. who go. You know what? That's rated R. I shouldn't. I shouldn't let my kids watch that. Yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah. But Except I remember the Patriot. Good... That's an R-rated movie. You should
0: let your kids watch. <laughs> also, Passion of the Christ, but whatever. Um, Which is <laughs>
3: hilarious.
0: No. Not the movie, the rating system. Right. Um, good job there. <laughs> good, good catch. Leave that in there, please. <laughs> a good example of, of something changing kind of the opposite way is WWE. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Back when it was still WWF and it was in the Attitude Era, it had a lot of uh, sex, a lot of uh, more, more violent stuff. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, a lot of vulgarity. Um, and I watched that when I was a teenager, and you know, as a teenager, yeah. I absolutely loved it. And now watching it as a thirty-year-old, um, it's actually much tamer. They've gotten very PG with their content, oh, yeah. uh, but I have to say, it's not as entertaining to me mm-hmm. uh, because they play it safe all the time. Yeah, um, and that's the danger. As as Christians, we have to police ourselves, like Hillary said, we're adults now. Uh, we have to make our own decisions. But... And own up, up to those. Things. Yeah. Girl. But what are we, we going to do? As, as this becomes a bigger and bigger problem, do we just relegate ourselves to Pixar movies and VeggieTales? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Abandon adult programming well, altogether? That's,
3: that's about all I watch anyway. <laughs> and Power it's Rangers. Like Power Rangers. Like VeggieTales, veggie classic Power Rangers.
4: <laughs> Ninja Turtles.
3: Braveheart and Fight Club. Hmm. So I think, you know, I think... Mighty Ducks.
0: Mighty <laughs> Ducks. Heck yeah. All three Mighty, Mighty. Ducks.
3: Ducks lie together. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I think we have to take most stuff on a case-by-case basis. Um, mm-hmm.
4: That's very
0: true. And judge them, again, as Hillary said, by our own, what we know we struggle with. Um, like, for me, violence is not really an issue for me and stuff. Me- I, don't, I don't, like, go to see violence. Yeah but if it's violent it doesn't really bug me um and i think that's biblical cuz there's a lot of gross violence in the bible i mean <laughs> no. for
3: real, if we no. if we made a if we made a movie based on, like samson's life like he'd be ripping jawbones out of donkeys and what?
4: killing lots and lots of
0: yeah <laughs> killing people but you know at the same time we have the whole garbage in garbage out thing yeah which uh I guess we need to just make sure that if we are going to allow ourselves to see some things that might not be uh, morally perfect, we need to make sure that we're just not uh, putting in our brains a constant stream of vulgarity uh, to know our own limits and to not, how do I put it? Glamorize the negative stuff when we're talking about it with other people well
3: it's like with anything with mental health um, you know it, whatever you whatever you subject yourself to that is what your brain is filled with mm-hmm. constantly and so you know you hear a curse word here a curse word there that's that's one thing um, and I'm not condoning anybody to curse But you watch, you know, some movie like, and, you know, I know we're picking on Deadpool, and I'm sorry, Ryan Reynolds, I think you're a phenomenal actor. But.
4: Thanks for listening to our podcast, by the way.
3: (laughs) Thanks for listening. You, David Crowder, and Tomlin, um, (laughs) and Jump Five. Uh, You know, but if if we watch that all the time and that becomes, like, our favorite movie and we watch it once a day, every day, like, those are the sorts of things we subject ourselves to. Mm -hmm.
4: Well, and that's, I think that's very true. I mean, as a you know a sophomore junior and senior in high school the twilight series was really big and i know <laughs> i noticed just they, um, you just, you just <laughs> um, i noticed that for me even though i was going to church and i was you know volunteering and all of this stuff it was impacting my life more than i thought it was like i was Like, I would get worried if I lost one of my books, or um, I wanted to, I saved up my money to see, you know, all of the movies, and it was, it was kind of consuming my life at that point, because I was so impressionable, Mm. and I mean, in all honesty, that is a lot more tame than, than we've stuff that we've got that's coming out nowadays, and so, you know, I was, you know, a 16, 17-year-old girl, and that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody to, to love me that much, and I wanted... Two two boys to fight over me and, and all of this stuff. I did two monsters. monsters. You want somebody to love you
3: enough to not turn you into a vampire? Hush your mouth. But
4: but I Because I love you that much. But for me, when I you know got out of that phase, you know I'm seeing two of the girls in our youth group kind of going through that, and I'm I'm wanting to let them know like, hey, it's it's a fake story. Let's focus on what the tr- the biggest and truest love story is, which is our which is you know the bible which is christ dying for us let that consume your life not two monsters and a human girl who can't make up her mind as to who she wants
3: i am thoroughly convinced that nicholas sparks and stephanie Myers are responsible for probably 80 percent of the high school relationships that don't work in this world because they just set these ridiculous standards <laughs> you don't love me like that you well, dang right i don't and you
4: know it's It's one of those things where it's like, I know a lot of girls who love to go see Nicholas Sparks movies. And, you know, while they don't really have, you know, violence, they don't really have language, what they do have is an excessive amount of love and and things like that, where girls are seeking that, especially when they're young and they're insecure, and they don't really know, you know, how to find their true worth. Um, And so they go and they see that and they're like, well, he doesn't love me like that, but maybe he will. And so they go and they chase after all of these different boys rather than chasing after Christ, Mm -hmm. which is a big deal. Even, you know, I know that we're talking a lot about violence and gore and stuff like that, but that's a big thing for girls.
0: No, yeah, that's a great point that I didn't really think about.
4: Well, and right now what a big deal is, is because Frozen 2 is coming out, there's this huge, like, move for Disney and Pixar to give Elsa a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And for me personally, I know that if that's something they do... Disney and Pixar, if that's the area that they're moving towards, is not something that I'm going to let my children watch because I want them to grow up knowing that God created men and women in, you know, the confines of marriage to be together. Um, And it is not right um, in in God's eyes and in my eyes for, for two women to be together. And so that's also something that's concerning me is that everyone's going, she needs a girlfriend, she needs a girlfriend. It's like, that may be family-friendly to you, but it's not to me. Hmm. It's really not.
3: I think the Jim Crow's were our first glimpse that uh, Disney might not be the most morally <laughs> sound group of people. <laughs>
0: All right, lastly, what, what are some TV shows or movies that are both high quality and morally safe that you'd like to recommend to our the listeners?
4: The Big Bang Theory. Boom. Hysterical. Now, may, even though it might not be like morally right all the way around because you do have things like premarital sex and and things like that. But it's just good, clean fun. You know, there's no cursing. It's just nerds making fun of other nerds. And I really do love Judge Judy also. She calls out the idiots and she's not ashamed of it. Every family in America needs to watch
3: Judge Judy.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. John? Uh,
3: I think the last really clean show that I ever watched was... uh, was um home improvement. Yeah. Hey, the was last, that was the last like real clean show like okay, yeah, there we go. Um no, I mean, I, and I'm a superhero fan, so naturally, but I really like Arrow and the whole Arrowverse because good. Yeah. They could they could make that a whole lot darker and a whole lot like greyer, but they're like, "You know what? Let's let's just kind of keep it mostly above Yeah. above uh above whatever. Rupert. Um you know I'm I'm a wrestling fan, so I guess if you're a nerd, you know WWE. Like I like a, a lot of their programming, um, just because a lot of that stuff interests me. And it's it's like you said, it's getting a lot cleaner. So I guess if you're a nerd, you're if you're not a nerd, um, you're kind of just out of luck. <laughs> yeah. To watch any anything good. Hey, um, you know what? No,
0: I take that back. Take that back there. I got shout out to uh, Patricia Heaton. The middle, I recommend. It's very good. It's a family uh, dynamic. There's no, there's, I don't, I, I can't remember any instance of sex or vulgarity in that show. It's just, and I had Neil Flynn in it. it. It does still as the janitor. Yes, he's very good. Uh, and Dr. also, John <laughs> Etor. Also, maybe the only clean thing that is uh, ever seen on Comedy Central these days is any Brian Regan special. He's bar none the funniest comedian I've ever heard.
4: I've never heard any.
0: Of his oh gosh! Stuff. Other than the stuff
4: it. that comes out of his mouth when he's quoting him, and I have no idea. What's happening. <laughs> yeah. So no,
0: really funny. Very clean. I think he's only ever said one cuss word in any joke he's ever done, and it was the one word, which is not
3: like the, the Hoover. Big one. <laughs> the Hoover. Yes. The,
4: <laughs> the Hoover Dam.
0: All right. And that wraps up our top of the third hour here. Thank you for joining us for this show. We are going to have a little bit more for you at the end of the hour when we come back for the Bible verse of the day, thought for the day, and we're going to discuss a little bit more about our currently ongoing contest that uh, if you haven't already entered, you're going to want to when you hear what the prizes are. Uh, So stick around for that. And uh, until then, we've got some more. Uh, awesome Christian music of every genre from every era for you and with a little heavy handed today on the rap and hip hop uh, from yesterday and today enjoy that and we will see you shortly stick around Back morning show. As we close out your Wednesday, we've got your Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is 1 Chronicles 16.8. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. And our thought for the day is Nancy DeMoss Wolgmuth. Uh, Wolgmuth? I really never know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, she said, It is only by recognizing that our blessings have a single source, a real, personal, living, and loving giver, that gratitude begins its transformation into authentic Christian gratitude. Woo! Before we sign off, we want to remind you of our giveaway. Uh, beginning last week and then over the course of about the next week and a half, in our Facebook group called Back Row Baptist Church, we will randomly post our giveaway image. And if you share that image from the group to your personal timeline, we will get you added to a random drawing. Each time we post the image, you can share it again for another entry. Uh, But what are we giving away? Well, we're giving away two awesome things from one of our favorite indie metal bands, Three Days Under, an extra large t-shirt and their full album, which is an an amazing album. It's probably one of the best indie band albums ever. I've ever heard so far Uh, And we're also throwing in a copy of our original Party game Judge Not The Christian game of Specs and Planks It's a card game that's sure to bring Your group's uh, friendships Even closer together Uh, It's not your typical Christian Party game uh, because It's very tongue in cheek just like everything that we do Here on the Back Row Radio Station Uh, Back Row Radio And this prize is worth over $50 Uh, So join our group uh, our, our, uh, our fellowship online, it's a uh, back row Baptist church. Just search for that on Facebook and then scroll down till you find our giveaway image. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, We're here every Monday through Thursday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific with an encore presentation at 10 a.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Pacific. If you ever miss one of our shows, you can find all the chatty bits mashed together into a podcast for you over on backrowradio.com. That's it for today's show. If you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye.